So Preston, we are back to talk about The Mandalorian Episode 3, and off the bat I gotta say, this episode was leagues better than the, the last two, but not by much. Oh yeah. Not by much. Uh, no, I, I would say <clears throat> I would say significantly better. I mean, um, well, when I when I talked about what I liked in the first episode, this was like an expansion of those things that I liked in the first episode, and then I mean, there's there's definitely some down some downtime where where it feels like a video game again. But it's um, it's completely we'll a video that, game. Yeah. Some YouTuber that I follow on Twitter was like, because Polygon said it was like a video game as well. Like Polygon agreed with us. And the YouTuber's like, it's not a video game. A video game is something you play. You're watching this. Ugh. And I'm like, dude, are you that dense? Like, no. This is <laughs> this is exactly... Obviously, it's not literally... Well, obviously, it's not literally a video game. It's just like a video game in its plot and structure. Yeah. yeah and I'm like, like, it is... A hundred percent like a video game. What are you, out of your fucking mind? I mean, he just delivered his thing, and now he can go back and, and, and get the little uh, quest item. How many times have I done that in Skyrim? I know you've never played Skyrim, and yeah. but just so the well, audience I mean, is aware that if Preston ever plays Skyrim, his wife will leave him because he is crazy with video, video games. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. It's very true. But how many times in Skyrim, like, they'll give you a fetch quest to get, like, this amazing sword... And then I'll go and retrieve it and give it back. And then I'll just come back later when that person is sleeping in their house and just steal it. That's that's a thing. You can right. do it. And he's essentially doing that, but in a more, more badass way. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the same with any other game. I mean, even if you know Zelda, like Legend, the original Legend of Zelda on a very basic level, or if... I, I used to play the Ultima games, which, which are like this. I mean, it's just, you know, having side quests and getting an item and, you know, mm-hmm. the... The, the people being incredibly naive. <laughs> the NPCs being just so naive. You kill, you kill the yeah. shopkeep's wife and he still sells stuff to you like nothing happened? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So the episode starts out, you know, he's delivering Baby Yoda back to that uh, guild planet thing. And um, he's walking through the streets, blah, 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 blah. You know, more cameos of random aliens and stuff from Star Wars Universe. Which, by the way, are you sick of the cameos already? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. No, I mean, I guess it's yeah. fine. I guess it's fine. I... You know, you, you you'd expect some creativity for some new mm-hmm. aliens, but it's it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I like about it actually is, um, so I'm I'm a bigger fan of practical effects than than CGI, mm-hmm. and so I really enjoyed the the original Star Wars Episode Four bar. You know, and and that's what I kind of wanted to expect from from all aliens like going forward in Star Wars, and then you get to. You get to Yoda, and then you get to Jabba's palace, and it's a lot of Muppets, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, eh, it doesn't feel the same, but it's still okay. And then you start going special edition and prequels, mm-hmm. and it's all these CGI things that just look funny. And, and they, they feel cartoonish. Um, and so I'm not, I, I never really liked those cartoons. But uh, what I do like about Mandalorian is, is they're not really using the puppets or the... I mean, yes, they have a CGI and, and a puppet Yoda, but for, but for the most part, like the the people walking around the town, they're not CGI aliens, they're not puppet aliens, they're they're like uh, the original Moss Eisley Cantina mm. aliens, which which yeah, I I do like the feel of that, I like that, but it's it's completely random and I, and I understand it's it's completely from a bias of like, well, Star Wars is what I watched when I was a little kid and so these these new additions like didn't feel like Star Wars to me 
Somebody in a generation later might say, "Oh no, CGI aliens!" That totally feels like Star Wars. Nah, I, so. I gotta. I am, I'm more inclined to agree with you, and I'm a generation ahead of you, I think, or at least two generations <laughs> ahead of you. And I'm, I'm gonna tell you this right now: that CGI singing alien thing from Return of the Jedi is so bad. It's so cringe. Right, or like you know how you know how uh, when Anakin in, in Phantom Menace, when Anakin is up against the other pod racers, Saboba, and they they kind of. Pan- yeah, they pan by these... Po- well, there's Saboba, who, who I was actually okay with, but they pan by these other guys, and there's this one with this enormous... He looks like Humpty Dumpty, and he's got this... You know, he's got this... He's this huge egg-shaped yeah. alien with this... Like, his whole face is his body, <laughs> and he, he cartoonly, like, waves at the crowd frantically, and you're like, ah, like, it just... It didn't feel... It just felt like I was watching a cartoon at mm-hmm. that point. And th- it was aliens like that. Yeah. And then you have like and the more elegant aliens, like um, with CGI, like the uh, the Camino cloners in Episode Two. Yeah, I would almost. Yeah, that's almost in a new class by itself. Um, I, I, I'm fine with those aliens, but they they feel different as well. Um, like the, the CGI graceful kind of thing, not 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 cartoonish, but. Yeah. Okay, so back to the Mando. Um, one thing I did say in the first episode is that the music didn't really strike me as much, but it is growing on me. I actually mm. do like the, the the Mandalorian like theme, you know? Um, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but what I, I do like it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not memorable enough because we haven't heard it enough, but I, every time I hear it, like I know I'm watching the Mandalorian, which is a good thing. So it is starting to grow on me. But he goes back to the uh, Imperial Warlord guy, and he gives the Yoda there, and he has grown a fondness to the Yoda, and he asks what they plan on doing with it, and they don't respond. Instead, they give him the ice cream container, which apparently, I never knew this. I saw a video on this. Mm. I never knew this was a thing. Maybe you can help me out here, but apparently in episode five, during the Cloud City thing where people are running around, there's a guy that runs around with an ice cream maker. Oh. Yeah, you don't know. Apparently, you don't know about it either. And it's—I mean, maybe it probably. You know, all of all of the all of the tech that they had was was found items in the world, right? Stuff from um, like the 1980s, and it was apparently the guy was running in Cloud City with the ice cream maker from the 1980s, and apparently, yeah. what the Baskar is located in is this like this this uh, uh, this ice cream maker thing, but they turned it into a safe. To make it, like, make more sense. So, no, he gets his Baskar, and he grabs it, he leaves. He goes back to the uh, his uh, underground uh, uh, clan thing, and they make him some new armor. But not before he gets in a fight with another Mandalorian, and we get our catchphrase for them, which is, this is the way. Yeah. And this is this was my favorite part of the episode, where, you, where you're learning. I mean, you, we had more flashbacks of his childhood again, and then they... Um when he's talking to the rest of the guild and you're, you're trying to, you're getting some history of on, um, on how, what happened to the Mandalorians. You seem to know a lot more about where the Mandalorians were and their connection to the empire and how the empire destroyed them. But I don't know that. So this was, this was fascinating to me hearing these little it's and bits of, of history on, on who they are. Well, that's the thing, though, because I know kind of what's going on with, the, with Mandalore and the Mandalorians before Episode 4, but anything afterwards, mm-hmm. like, we don't really know. I don't think it's been explored too much in depth, which, which is funny because Dave Filoni, who's behind Clone Wars and Rebels, which they do explore Mandalore and the Mandalorians, he's also doing stuff with this show. So it might be explored oh, later on. Okay. But no, in the Star Wars, Clone Wars... So, so one, of, one, of the, one of the writers for Clone Wars... 
or, or Rebels Both. is is on Mandalorian. Yeah, he's he's also doing. I think he directed okay. an episode for Mandalorian. But here's the thing, though: in Rebels and Clone Wars, the Mandalorians took off their helmets. These guys apparently don't. Oh. So this might be. How do you take a bath? I mean, <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta take off your helmet sometime. According right? to a video I saw, apparently they go they have their helmets while they go to the bathroom and while they have sex. <laughs> so. That's a thing. Okay. okay. Um, right. But no, he gets in a kinky, little kinky. bit. <laughs> so they get into a fight, and we see the vibroblades. I'm glad those are back, because that was a thing from the Expanded Universe. I'm glad those are back. And he gets his full decked-out Baskar armor. He goes back to Grief Karga. Who, who's the guy that plays Grief Karga again? I, I forget his name. Oh, I, I have no idea. That is... Oh, it's... A, Oh, oh! Are you talking about the Greek Greek car guy? Is he the guy that yes. gives the that's that's Carl, Carl Weathers. Weathers? So he goes back yeah, to yeah. Carl Weathers, and I love how Carl Weathers is like, you know, this is essentially like Star Wars slang for coke and whorehouses. Did you notice that? Like he goes, yeah. you know, about some spice, you know, maybe the Twilight bathhouses, and I'm I'm like, I like this. This is good. Like we need the Star Wars version for like like you know some of this dirty stuff because we got it kinda in Episode Two with Death Sticks. Remember that? Well, we don't really, yeah, but also, has Star Wars ever established what spice is? I mean, I, clearly they use the word spice as, as some sort of homage to, to Dune, but um, they, they, they mention spice a few times. Like, like doesn't Luke believe that, Anakin, that his father was a, was a spice freighter captain and didn't, like, um, uh, C-3PO once lament that he was going to get sent to the spice mines or something like you know I, yeah like i do wonder what spice is well you know, the way he it... used it he made it sound like it was like coke like that that's how he made it sound okay. like he made it sound like it was drugs and uh and i liked how the man was like no nah, no nah, just give me my next job and he grabs it and before he takes off he has a change of heart and goes back for baby yoda and probably so far one mm. of the best scenes of the entire show so far ensues now i gotta say so, so far, I haven't been a, a big fan of the action. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm not, like, too excited yeah. about it. But I love him sneaking around and taking out the stormtroopers the way he did. That was epic. It was, I mean, that, but at the same time, I would say that's the part that really feels like a video game. You think so? You know, where, like, two guys, two guys come in and he, like, kills them. And then two more come in and kills them. I mean, it was fine. It, it, I, I just think it's, you know, it continues on the, the frustration of, of stormtroopers being idiots, which... You know, it, they were and they are in all of the movies. So uh, <laughs> let's let's go at him one at a time. Freeze, freeze, scum! You can kill me, but I'm gonna try to take you alive. <laughs> you know. And I, and I gotta say, I love how like. So before we do continue on, in his flashback, um, it was the Clone Wars and his. I think that was either Mandalore or some other village in a, on a planet elsewhere. They're being attacked by super battle droids, and he gets put away in like some basement. But the super battle droid finds him anyway, and then the uh, flashback cuts out. Obviously, he is yeah. alive; he, he doesn't get hurt, but he gets saved somehow. I wonder if we're gonna see a Jedi here. I wonder mm. if a Jedi is gonna save mm. him, which would then like. Then you'd have to question, and how the fuck does he not know what Baby Yoda did to save him from the Rhino Monster? (laughs) (laughs) What's the force? I don't... Oh. (laughs) But okay, so he gets his armor decked out, he goes back, and apparently he encounters that uh, that, uh, scientist guy, 
And yeah. the scientist guy... The, the guy from the night right, before. Right, and the yeah. scientist guy is basically saying, no, no, I was trying to save him. And apparently they want something extracted from this from this alien. Now, people are thinking that they want the midi-chlorians extract. I don't... First off, I hate the concept of midi-chlorians, but I don't think you can extract that. Right, I mean, they're inside your cells, maybe. Who knows? But Star Wars technology is all over the place, so who knows? Like, we really thought they were going to clone... Oh, maybe they're going to try to extract the midichlorians and then put them into new clones like before we're like oh clone army of yodas which seems to be the easiest mm -hmm. thing um but maybe they're trying to trying to take out the aspect of his dna or cells and then put it into new into new um clones who knows now the one thing i got i got into a brief argument with somebody who who, who had a problem with us saying how midichlorians almost kind of ruins Star Wars a little bit because I think it does like it really remo removes the mystery of the force when you break it down to a science and they're like no like even midi-chlorians are still very mysterious well yeah post destruction of the Jedi Order because I'm sure the Jedi Order had way more like you know information on it we don't know anything about it now because it was briefly mentioned in episode one but midi-chlorians does kind of ruin the mystery of the force it really does I mean, I understand the point they're making. It's sort of like the, the you know, the uh, the old the old myth that the that the world is held up by a, a giant mm -hmm. turtle, and then you're like, well, what holds up That's that turtle? turtle? Well, it's another another turtle, um, and then it's turtles all the way down. But so it's it's sort of like, well, we answered like, where does the force come from? Well, the force comes from midichlorians, but what the hell are midichlorians? Well, we still don't know. Like, like he does say that the midichlorians just help the someone communicate with the force but it doesn't really describe what the force is so there's still some there's still some mystery it's just adding this one little thing but you're right that it's it when it, when, it, when we all first heard it it sounds sciencey like oh man the more midichlorians in your blood the higher the better ability with the force you're gonna have like that that seems crappy but well apparently supposedly from like a new book the more midichlorians you have the better chance of hearing the force like you have something like that but but apparently it's yeah. not like power levels where the higher you have the stronger you are apparently it's your a better ability to hear the force or something like that i, I wish they kind of like yeah. you know will, went into it i will say even though i read them um i really hate the the, the original zon trilogy Ooh. and one of the reasons oh yeah because there's two big things that i hate about it and one is there's this animal in it called an Isol yeah, with that, and then they, they carry it around their bodies to repel the force. And you're like, come on, like, you could just do that. And then another one was, uh, they talk about Yoda. Later in the book, they talk about how Yoda was able to stay hidden. And, and they say, well, you know, this dark Jedi died on his planet. And therefore, the dark Jedi power and the light Jedi power, like, counter, counteracted each other. So it, it masked him. And so no one was able to find him. And I was, it's just like, ugh. as if like dark side of the force and light side of the force are like the are like positive, you know, and negatively charged mm. ions or something, or or um, you know, waves of a, a you know sound waves that can cancel each other out. You know, it, it was it was too sciency for me. Um, and everybody spoke of it very science of sciency in the in the in the book. So so I mean, people have done it before. So, I don't know. So well, that, that's you seem to like the Zon trilogy, but hate but hate Metacritic. Well, here's the thing: like so, that stuff, I can 
that's just unnecessary explanation. Like, like we don't need the force yeah. explained. We don't need like why the reason why Yoda was hidden. Yoda was hidden because what the Empire's gonna search hundreds of millions of planets for one little guy. Like, no. Like sure, that—that's yeah. the explanation right there. That's why nobody found Yoda because who the fuck's gonna go to Dagobah? How? Because c- the galaxy is huge. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, and not to mention, like, who can survive on Dagobah? Like, Dagobah just looks like an entire swamp planet that almost no life besides primitive life could even live on. But I guess he can because he's a Jedi Master. I guess that's the whole thing. But you know, why would the Empire waste time searching for Yoda if Yoda was really a threat? He would have done something by now, which he didn't do. Um, but I, I get what you're saying. There's just no need to explain all this stuff. Like, there, Star Wars loves to do this thing where, like, every character, and you said this before as well, in the background has to have a name. Like, everybody yeah. in the cantina has to have a reason to and be a there. Fa- and, a fa- and a fascinating story. Right. Know, like, it's, like, it's nobody, just... Nobody's just a fucking farmer getting a drink. Like, <laughs> you know, they have this, like, fascinating, you know, intricate story that's somehow related to the Star Wars universe. You know, he's really the guy that created that created Han's belt. <laughs> well, like I said, it's just it's just unnecessary. But he goes in there, he sneaks around, he's killing stormtroopers. I love that scene. He rescues Yoda, and he's and he's you know he's leaving. Blah blah blah. blah. As soon as he walks out, the tracking fobs that all the bounty hunters have start going off again. Mm. The bounty's back on. Now that was a cool scene, but not as cool as it could have been because. I'm one of those guys where, it's going to sound a little hypocritical, but I kind of want to see more of the bounty hunters he's going to go up against. Because they had a great opportunity here to do a thing where it's like, you have a close-up of all the aliens going, what? It's on again? Let's do it. And they didn't do that. Like, we just see, like, everybody just, like, you know, the tracking fobs, everybody in the in the, in the bar going off, and that's fine, but yeah. I really wanted to see some close shop with some more unique aliens who could pose a threat to the Mandalorian. But instead, they're just random, nameless background extras. Yeah, I mean, I thought that had they not had as many bounty hunters go after him, and had he killed them off himself, it would have been a more satisfying scene. Instead, they have a bazillion go after him, and then, in a kind of ex machina way... His his buddies save him. You know they all come out. That whole fight scene in the uh, in the streets was way too narrow, and I, I just I, it just seemed very messy and very like clumped together. I don't know. It just not to mention the lighting was a little. Eh. I, yeah. I, I I I just wasn't a fan of it. It wasn't bad. It's just once again I wasn't a fan of it. But yes, his other Mando friends do come in and with jetpacks and help him out. And I've been wondering the entire time why doesn't he have a jetpack? And I don't know. He he definitely set, makes that statement at the end, like I gotta get me one of those. But everybody has one but him. That doesn't make any <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But then someone told me, well, if he had a jetpack, then the first two episodes would be kind of like boring. So so maybe maybe it's only because Carl Weathers is in this. But I've been the the episode reminded me of Predator, you know, because he's got these special weapons and and the different. Mandos have different weapons, and he's got this whole clan of like similar masked men mm. who 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 have their special weapons, you know. Mm-hmm. But it might have just because been Carl Weathers. But the uh, but I I did feel, especially when he had his little needles come out and kill everybody. Um, oh that, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that it was that it was very predator esque. Yes, it was. And for some reason, Carl Weathers seems very out of place in this. Like just the way he holds his he gun. He does. He does, and and I think it's also just. I think it's odd to have famous people play characters in the Star Wars universe. You know, when, yeah. when, when Star Wars happened, uh, 
everybody was, I mean, Carrie Fisher, people knew of Carrie Fisher, but for the most part, like, people were um, kind of nobodies. I mean, uh, Grand Moff Tarkin was probably the most famous person in the movie. Mm -hmm. Or no, no, actually, I'm sorry. Uh, Sir Alec Guinness, of course. Oh, right, of course. Was was very famous. But the leads were were kind of all fresh faces. And in the new trilogy, the leads are all fresh faces. Um, And I guess... No, nah, in the prequels, Natalie Portman was pretty was pretty known, as was Ian McGregor, but uh, so and Qui Gon, you know Samuel so, L. Jackson. But it does, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. It does feel weird to me to have because when you when you when you have an actor, all of the previous roles that that actor plays get brought up in somebody's mind. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't you can't not think about that when you see somebody when you're going to cast Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're always going to have, like, the Terminator and Commando and Predator in your head of, oh, this is the type of person, this is the type of character Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Which is why when people start describing plots of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, they never remember the guy's name. Now, yes, occasionally people can be like, oh, it's Dutch. No, okay, fine, because you took one of his most famous movies. But if somebody was like, oh, do you remember his, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger's name from Twins? Do you remember his name from Kindergarten Cop? Do you remember his name from Commando? I don't. You know, it's just, it's just Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. from Seventh Day. You know, and it's, um, so, yeah, so you just have that, you know. It's 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 Keanu Reeves. It's Bruce Willis. Like at some point, you know, you can say, "Oh, he's John McClane." No, he's he's just freaking Bruce Willis. Like he's always going to be Bruce Willis. Um, everything that they do before, you know, holds on to it, um, and so you're reminded of that. So, well, it's same with same with same with even people famous like Jack Nicholson. Like he's always just going to be Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I. I it's just something about Carl Weathers in this. Like, the way he holds his gun, the way he delivers his dialogue, it's just, I don't know. He just seems very out of place. Almost as though, like, yeah. he's just do- he's not really into the whole Star Wars thing. He's just doing this as, a, as, a, as another job. Right, which is funny because that's, that's, I don't know if you, you ever saw Arrested Development, but Carl Weathers appears as himself on Arrested Development as this out-of-work actor willing to do anything mm. who's trying who's trying to like take people's money because he's just so desperate for stuff <laughs> he just seems very out of place he just seems I mean, he's he, he like eats he eats with tobias at at um like kentucky fried chicken and afterwards he's like i don't know what you're doing with those bones you can take those bones and boil them down make them into a soup and you're like what you're gonna take the bones <laughs> The leftover bones from from Kentucky Fried Chicken to make a soup, you know. And so he, when I see Carl Weathers, I just now like since he played that desperate character, I think of him as this desperate <laughs> character. Well, so there he was. It, it's definitely yeah. showing here. But he got some Baskar himself, <laughs> and as the Mando's going on his ship, he he. Uh, he gets back there in time to try to stop him, and I think the Mandalorian purposely shoots him in the place where he knows the Baskar armor is, because I don't think he's trying to completely kill Carl Weathers, but he's trying to get away, and I guess he still needs Carl Weathers for the foreseeable future, so I'm assuming at the very end of the show's history, Carl Weathers will come back and, and they're chill. Something will happen. Yeah, cool I mean, I think, they, I think you're right. I think they did establish um, the Mandalorian as, as a guy who's so good that he could shoot a pin with pinpoint accuracy right there where he put the metal. 
And then we get the scene that I think is one of the most ridiculous scenes in the entire show's history, maybe. When he's on his ship, he's flying <laughs> through the clouds. That heavy Mandalorian trooper guy is on his yeah. jetpack, and he's flying. This is something I will never understand with jetpacks. How the f- you have to have insane core body strength to hold your legs up like that, like horizontally, and like not have your legs dangling down. You know what I'm talking about? Like Star Lord did that. You you saw Endgame, right? <laughs> yeah. You know the scene yeah. where where Captain America's like Avengers assemble, and everybody's running. You see Star Lord, and he and he has his jetpack shoes. Like his jetpack shoes is somehow able to like hold himself up, his whole body straight yeah. instead of his legs just dangling down like that. And I'm just like, you gotta have like insane abs to do that. Like, holy fuck. So the um, uh, I used to watch this comedy show called Upright Citizens Brigade. They they have their own theater out there. But uh, there's this one where there's this one episode where this guy who's an inventor, he's got this jetpack and he's got these brings these two prostitutes in, and he's like. Hey, you've ever had sex with a jetpack on? And he's like, they're like, no. And he's like, oh right, great. And he's like, but no doggy style, or else you know, you'll burn me up. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and, but but it's just <laughs> but it's just one of those things pointing out how impractical jetpacks are. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to lift up his legs, and if he lifted up too far, they'd get burned up by his exhaust. So, yeah, their jetpacks it's, are ridiculous. I always, I always hate when they do that. Like when they, when they're jetpacking and like their bodies like completely horizontal. It's like, but goddamn, that core body strength you have to have to keep your legs up like that. Not to mention, you'd get so tired after a while just holding your legs up like that that you, they would have yeah. to come down. It was so, it's just so it's stupid. odd. It's odd. The entire, you know, the entire image of people flying. You know, the Superman flying. That that you're going to be in a horizontal position. It doesn't really make any sense. Like, why, why would your body naturally be able to like get into this horizontal position? Like, supposedly to to avoid um, wind resistance mm. or something. Right. You know, you want to be you want to be <laughs> that direction. But why would your body like be like that? Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Fly standing up. <laughs> Flight doesn't even make sense. You know, people people talked about how. Um, you know, you'd never be able to uh, land or or um, you'd be burned up by the air resistance and things like that. So, I don't know. All right, we're, we're getting way too real, know, realistic know, but here. Fine. But, like, it's just, it always bothers me. And he goes off. We only, when we see, when we see um, Django Fett fly, uh, he only kind of flies up in the air, yes. right? Mm-hmm. In an upright position. Boba Fett does the same. Fight. Boba Fett is like, yeah, he just kind of uses it as a jump. Yes. Like, really quickly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess we never see him, like, flying through the, through the air. But these guys are doing it like airplanes, and no. <laughs> no, stop it. But, okay, so Mandalorian takes the baby, and he leaves the planet, and I guess he's going to take the baby to some kind of hideout. I have no idea, but the episode ends. This episode, I gave the first one a 7. I gave this episode 2 a 6. I'll give this one a 7.5. Mm-hmm. For some for some reason, I'm still not wowed. Like, I'm still not, whoa, I'm not blown away. There is some cool stuff yeah. that has happened in the last three episodes, but I'm just not completely, like, utterly obliterated by, like... Because everybody, every other reviewer seems to, like, just, you know, explode in their pants with how amazing this is. I'm just not seeing it. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's super amazing, but I would I would give this as a, a big improvement. I, I gave episode one and two both fives. I would pop this one up to a seven. I think there was a lot more, there was just a lot more plot. Um, There's a lot more going on. Like we we learned a lot more about <clears throat> who these warlords are and what they what they want and and the Mandalorian culture and things like that. Um, and so it just seemed more interesting. Now, what I did think was funny, so. All of the Mandalorians came out to rescue um, our lead at the end. Mm -hmm. they, they, they felt obligated to protect one of their own. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what about Boba Fett? So apparently, this is something, um, uh, I forgot the YouTuber's name. I, I have, to, have to apologize to him later. But apparently, uh, there's a video out there as to why... Like, what's up with Jango Fett, and how come Jango Fett wasn't a part of the Mandalorian, like, thing? Because in Star Wars, Clone Wars, the cartoon, mm. Obi-Wan does go to Mandalore at some point, because the war eventually comes to Mandalore. And Obi-Wan actually talks to a Mandalorian politician, and, and Obi-Wan's like, by the way, I encountered one guy, his name was Jango Fett, and the Mandalorian politician was like, that Jango Fett was just a pretender. I don't even know where he got that armor from. So huh. maybe and Clone Wars is considered canon now. Like it is like canon. Like everything else was yeah. thrown away except for Clone Wars and the movies, of course. So yeah. apparently, I guess Django and Boba are doing their own thing, staying like they're like staying away from all that stuff. Because these guys are, are definitely in the whole clan thing. And I guess uh Boba and Django are just solo Mandalorians. But you'd think that they'd get really insulted about somebody wearing their armor and they would want to come after them. Well, know? they do have that mental that warrior mentality of like if a Mandalorian is essentially defeated and his armor taken, that's that's a that's a mark on their clan and on him specifically. Their clans really wouldn't care mm. because they have their own this, thing going on, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is so odd. So so I, you know, I used to watch a lot of Star Trek, and one thing that I always thought was weird about it was so the one example we have of a Vulcan, the main one, is Spock. Mm -hmm. But Spock's not even a Vulcan. He's half Vulcan, half human. And he, like, you know, spent all of this time on Earth. Um, and so you're like, okay, is he... That's our example of how a, a Vulcan should be? Like, you know, mm -hmm. somebody that's not even... Like, imagine if the only American you met was, you know somebody who actually grew up in Paris whose mother is French. You're like, well, he might not be the best representation of what an American would be, <laughs> you know? Somebody that, you know, didn't even grow up there. It's the same, like, the, our big example of a Klingon is, is Worf. And it's like, well, Worf also, like, grew up on Earth, like, and was raised in a human family. And he's our, he's our big example of what a Klingon is, you know? Right. So it's really weird to me that our quintessential Mandalorian that we know is Boba Fett. And that all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, but Boba Fett was an exception. Well, frick, like, why did you make him a Mandalorian then? Why did you build this other culture based on him that's completely different? You know, that, that, that's just silly to me. And that's, that's just and, very silly. And, and, and to invoke Game of Thrones in this, because that's what we always do every episode, um, it's, it's like... It's like if some random guy was able to take uh, House Stark's ancestral, uh, ancestral sword, Ice, and then, yeah. like, okay, fine, but they're all from Westeros. They're all Westerosi. Why would House Lannister or House 
Aaron care about that. It doesn't have anything to do with them. Yeah, they're all a part of like the same country and the same culture, kinda. But at the same yeah. time, like, why would why would the other houses care if like that's a, that's a black mark on House Stark? Not why would anybody else care? So I'm assuming that's the thing. Right. I mean, at least with at least with Game of Thrones, like the one Targaryen that we really know is Viserys and Daenerys, and they do they are kind of crazy, and so you can kind of from that extrapolate how the other Targaryens were. Mm-hmm. You know, so so that's a pretty good example. You know, so <laughs> you know that lets us know. Um, you know, we're, we're supposed to assume even we're supposed to assume that the Dornish are kind of like Ober and Martell, you know, crazy and full of life and this and this and this. Um, I'm not so sure actually in the book, but um, because we later meet a whole bunch of Dornish that are not like that, and you're like, oh, maybe Oberon is a bad example. But it's funny to bring your the first person you meet from a culture and you're going to represent that entire culture and then you're completely not like that culture. Mm-hmm. Like Boba Fett. Boba Fett, he, we don't even know where you got that armor. Like, what? That's, that was that, that's that was an actual clip in the Clone Wars. I implore anybody to go check it out. I don't know if they were trying to retcon Django and Boba being Mandalorians or maybe that, that politician was just being an ass, trying to like save face in front of Obi-Wan, who knows, but hopefully it gets answered in the future because there's a very lack yeah. of there's a lot there's a lack of Boba Fett and Django Fett content in the new canon. But um overall I think I think the reason I'm trying to ha- I'm having a bit trouble giving this any hi- anything higher than a seven mm-hmm. is because you never see his face you can't really connect with him like other than right. this one like out of character moment for him where he asks the client questions about the bounty and, and and goes back for the bounty like you don't really you can't really get a sense of his personality like he's just like he's just there like he's just a, a nameless protagonist he's like the master chief essentially or doom guy from doom like you don't really get a sense of like who he really is and i think that's why i'm having a hard time connecting with him or with this show in general and it's true even those even the people like okay so bulky guy was was so bulky mandalorian he almost gets in a fight with our lead and he's really angry and but then later he comes in and helps save him and gives him that salute at the Mm -hmm. end and you're like well what well, what changed? Like, what was going on in that guy's personality? You know, from the lines, we have nothing. So, so you know, an actor can add a little more with, you know, his emotions and his facial features and things like that, but we don't have that. So it's, it's tough. It's there tough. was literally no I, point I mean, in hiring Pedro Pascal for this if you're going to keep his helmet on the entire time, which I feel I, like they are. Like, the feeling, like, yeah, that feeling of his... of. Of, do we know if he's getting attached to that baby? How do we know? Well, he's got that blank. He's got that blank stare. He's probably also going to take the baby as his. Uh, what, what do they call it? Signet? Because supposedly he was going to take the rhino, but he didn't. It wasn't clean kill. He didn't. He had help with the rhino, so he might take the baby Yoda as his signet. Apparently, his symbol or something. Maybe later on. As as a Yoda symbol, <laughs> so like. With, like, green ears. By the way, I'm also kind of expecting, like, us to have... Once again, I apologize for bringing Game of Thrones back into this, but I'm kind of I'm kind of expecting us... I didn't I didn't know you liked... Were you into Game of Thrones? <laughs> I'm, I'm expecting a, a Dark Star sort of situation with, Mandal, with, with Mando here, because at one point in the book, doesn't Dark Star kind of get annoyed? Everybody mentions Arthur Dane. So I'm, I'm assuming, yeah. I'm assuming, like, Mandalorian's probably going to get annoyed. Everybody's mentioned Boba Fett, because Boba Fett's a very well-known bounty hunter in the galaxy. 
That would be, I mean, that would be funny if somebody was like, oh, do you know Boba Fett? And, and you'd just be like, why does everyone think that, like, I know Boba Fett? <laughs> There's more Mandalorians than just Boba Fett. But yeah, overall, would I would give it a 7.5. For some reason, I just, it's cool. Like, like you know, me and Preston are not saying that it's it's bad. It's cool. I, I, I'm actually enjoying it. And I really, truly believe that they should have released the first three episodes first. Because this is definitely something you got to binge watch. Those first two episodes weren't bad, but I would have liked them a lot better if I could binge watch the first three. So you know how I was saying that they're 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 going to try to get out a certain amount in the first month, so somebody doesn't, uh, you know, cancel their membership to Disney Plus. Mm. Like I think that's what they did here. They're like, okay, well we can afford to have the first one or even the first two be slight duds. Because when the third one comes out, then people will want to like keep their Disney Plus membership another month. And then mm, keep going. Mm, I, I guess. I mean, how, how, by the way, how's your Disney Plus membership? Mine's fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's, 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 uh, I got bargain, bargain discount on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I give it a 7.5. You give it a 7? Yeah. You, you're yeah. going but by, this is a, you know, you're going by numerical but, average. I'm going by, like, grading, like, school grade. Right. But, but if, uh, but if you look at my last scores, this is a huge improvement. Yes. So you go five, five, seven. You can see like how how you know how much you know I, I I take this third episode as being different from the previous two and and being better. It's it's a massive improvement. Well, for me, a seven is above average. For you, a seven is also pretty above good. average. <laughs> it's pretty good. Seven's pretty good. Seven's pretty yeah. good. Uh, sure, why not? I'm uh, hopefully hopefully we can get some more stuff. I feel like as though a lot of the good stuff is going to come come in when we get to see the um the other bad guy that they were referring to, those two imperial guys were referring to because apparently mm. there's a man who wants baby Yoda and wants something extracted for him and that is the uh the character we haven't seen yet who has a death trooper squad. We saw him in the trailer. So I'm assuming it's going to crank uh-huh. up when we get to that. Not to mention we're also missing another lead cast member. It's that woman Gian Carlo, I think her name is. We're missing her from the whole thing. She's supposed to be an ex-rebel uh, commando who's supposed to fight on par with the Mandalorian. So we're missing two main people from the cast. We already have Grief Karga, we have the uh, the client, and we have Mandalorian guy. So how do you spell how do you spell Gian Carlo? Oh fuck! Is that is it is it J? A uh, G. I think I think it's Gian, Gianna Carlo. I think that's. Carla, Carlo, fuck, I forgot. I I don't even know this woman's name, but um, she's supposed to be in the Mandalorian. I'm probably f- severely butchering her name. Just look up Mandalorian. Hold on. Oh, I see. Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, no, Giancarlo. No, no, no. Um, she Gina. is Gina Carano. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm an asshole. Gina, Gina Carano. Uh, Carano who is I believe she was she's a uh, in women women's MMA and she supposed she was also in Deadpool by the way as the as the female henchman to uh, the main guy Oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah she's she's supposed okay, to be in this as well I see so she's she's super tough but but hot enough to be the 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 romantic uh interest of of uh of our Mandalorian I don't know if she's going to be the romantic romantic interest because I feel like it's gonna be like a like a Blade One situation. Remember the first Blade movie where you thought Hint Blade and that girl were gonna to get together and they just kind of part ways, yeah. like as friends. So that might be the thing. 
Yeah, yeah, but the and I will say that Star Wars is pretty light on romance. Yes, I mean besides besides it's a pretty sexless universe. Uh, I mean besides Han and Leia, not like, even Han and Leia. Han know. and Leia was like kind of like a low key thing compared to Anakin and Padme in Episode Two. Yeah, Anakin and Padme, which is uh, I mean what incredible romance, incredible romance. <laughs> Well, Preston, uh, so you would give it a, a 7. I would give it a 7.5. It wasn't bad, but it just somehow I'm not, I, I don't know, if, I'm still waiting for that like one-two punch knockout from this show, and I'm just not getting it. It's not bad, but it's not wowing me enough, and uh, hopefully it does that in future episodes. Well, yeah, no, I thought I thought this was pretty good. I think if if they're able to make the rest of the episodes as good as episode, episode 3, then you know, they'll, they'll do fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll pass, you know, I, I think, uh, but that's, that's the bar they need to be at. They need to stop with the first two episodes of nothing happening and keep the action going at the same pace uh, of episode. Oh, three. I don't think episode like four is going to have a lot of action. It's probably, it's probably going to have <laughs> him like going to like another planet where he's going to like try to keep the baby safe. Maybe a bunch of villagers that he's encountered on his journey. And maybe they'll start sitting like Imperial, like, bounty hunters or whatever after him maybe and then episode five we'll get a big fight i mean it seems like every episode he kills a bunch of like random clones Mm. you know like random like nobodies so the next episode there'll be a bunch of random nobodies that he hopefully oh they need to keep that up because i want to see him keep killing people i like that stuff faceless you just want it to be john i want him yes this is what i want i want him to be john wick now that he has his armor he needs to be john wick (laughs) And so now, now, like, if whenever I see something like John Wick, like, I just think, like, every person he kills, I start thinking about, like, oh, somebody, some woman, like, birthed that baby, like, raised that baby, changed its diapers, like, loved it, cared for it, breastfed it, like, it went to school, you know, it had friends, it lived this whole life, you know, and then it finally gets to this point in its life where it just gets killed by, by, by John Wick, like as at this disposable boom mo- moment, and I'm just like, oh man, there was so much time and effort and potential, and like like put into that person, and then they're just gone. Well, should shouldn't gotten between John Wick and his dog, uh, guys. Thank thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with uh, more Mandalorian. Until then, I'll see you all next time. Have a good one.